While you're standing, open up your Bibles to the book of Romans, chapter number 3, or excuse me, chapter number 13. We're going to read two verses of scripture here together. Romans chapter 13. We're going to begin reading at verse number 11. We're going to read verse 11 and 12. Thank you, singers and musicians, for setting an atmosphere of worship that we will receive what God has for us. Thank you, Brother Morrison, for praying and that our hearts will be open right now. The Bible says, and that knowing the time, that now, someone say now. now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, worship team, for that song. Right now is the day. Right now, right now, right now, right now. Today's the day. Today's the day. Today's the day. Right now, right now, right now. We're not, we're not going to worry about tomorrow. We're not going to worry about next week. But right now, right now, right now. Right now, right now. And that knowing the time, we don't have much time. I said, we don't have much time. So right now, he says that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Lord, in the name of Jesus, speak to us, Lord God, right now. God, move upon every heart, Lord. Thank you for the prayer that went up before you. Every heart is open. Every mind is ready. Every spirit is ready. God, help us, Lord, to receive what you're saying in the name of Jesus Christ, speak to us, Lord. He that have an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying unto the church. God, these are your people, Lord God. These are your sheep, Lord. Lord God, I am your vessel, Lord. Help me, Lord, to speak every word that is intended. I don't want my flesh to get in the way. But God, I want people to walk out of here set free. I want people to leave here delivered. I want people to leave here with new minds and new hearts. I want people to leave here filled with your Spirit. I want people to leave here healed and delivered God completely of whatever condition they have in their body in the name of Jesus Christ we believe that you can do it right now in Jesus name if you're ready to receive it clap your hands unto the Lord one more time amen you may be seated in the presence of the Lord Amen. Well, I hope you didn't get too comfortable because I feel like preaching a little bit tonight. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. <clears throat> I believe and know with a surety that we serve the one true living God. A God that's not made with hands. 
a God that is not fictitious made up but I believe and know with the surety that we serve the one true living God and we serve a God that is real that means he's a real God that can do real things we don't serve a God that does not bring about tangible things that causes me to continue to increase my faith to know that he not only hears my prayers, but he answers my prayers. I'm telling you, God has already done enough for me for me to be able to stand here with assurance and know that God is able to do all things. God has done way too much for me to throw in the towel now and say I'm not going to give up on him. But he's already done enough for me to hang on to the towel and say, Lord, I know that if you've done it before, I believe that you're going to do it. Somebody shout right now. I'm telling you, I'm under the persuasion that we are in the last hour of the last day. And every one of us need to make it up in our minds tonight that I'm going to serve the Lord with gladness. I'm not going to walk around here with a pity party. I'm not going to walk around here like I'm some weak individual. But God has made me strong. He has made me fortified through the Holy Ghost. I know that I'm nothing but with him. I know that I can do all things I'm telling you I know that my God is able the Bible says now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or even think I'll come to challenge somebody's mind here today you better start thinking the right way you better start talking the right way because God is able to do somebody say all things So, so if we're going to understand that, then we need to understand who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. We need to understand really who Jesus is, because if we're going to serve this great God and we're going to call his name Jesus, then we really need to have an understanding of who he is. I believe many of us in here have this understanding. If not, let me break this down for you. I understand that the New Testament, when we flip in our Bibles, it goes Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. But many of us understand that Matthew was not the first gospel written, but Mark was actually the first gospel written. Many people have that understanding. Mark was the very first gospel that was written. All the other gospels actually take a lot of Mark's recordings of the miracles and they duplicate them throughout the stories in scripture and so if you look at Mark chapter 1 verse number 1 Mark opens up with a very profound word that we need to understand the Bible says then beginning or the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ the son of God the book of Mark opens up saying now this is the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ why because Mark was putting in emphasis that we need to understand know and believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ why is that important for us to know why because the Old Testament and the New Testament are all about Jesus when you read the Old Testament, the Old Testament is pointing to a Savior. It is letting you know that we are born into sin. It says, the Bible says in the book of Psalms, actually 51 and 5, he says, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and sin did my mother conceive me. It lets us know that we were born into sin. But the Old Testament also lets us know, even though we were born into sin, there is a Savior that is coming. 
That's why Isaiah 9 and 6 says, for unto us a child is born. Now listen to these words. The child hasn't been born yet, but the prophet is saying there is a son, there is a child, a savior that is coming. I know that we are wretched people. I know there is no good person. There is no good thing that has been walking the earth besides Jesus Christ, our perfect example. That's why the Old Testament Isaiah the prophet is saying, I know that we are born into sin, but there is a savior that is coming. The Bible says, and unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the everlasting father the prince of peace the young boy hasn't even been born yet but Isaiah said there's somebody that's coming and we need to get ready for his coming because when he shows up all power in heaven and in earth is going to be in his hands I'm telling you my friend when you call upon the name of Jesus you have all authority that is backing that name so the Old Testament points to a savior, but the New Testament reveals that savior. So the Old Testament and the New Testament all point to Jesus. The Old Testament lets us know, as we said, we're sinners, but a savior's coming. And then in the New Testament, in the book of Matthew 1, verse number 21, it says, and she shall bring forth a son. Here is the son that Isaiah was prophesying about. And now here we are in the New Testament. Matthew was saying, and thou shalt call his name Jesus why for he shall save his people from their sins and see we must understand this that new testament and old testament the word testament also means covenant we need to understand that that there was an old covenant and then there is a new covenant see the new covenant or the new testament did not start in the book of Matthew Mark Luke or John but the new covenant started once Jesus died on the cross it was signifying that now we don't have to bring a spotless lamb to anyone because Jesus became the spotless lamb once Jesus died on the cross once and for all that's why we don't have to bring animal sacrifices anymore to a high priest why because Jesus became that high priest speaking of high priest once he died on that cross the Bible says the veil was torn from top to bottom why because they had to bring their sin sacrifice to a high priest and then the high priest took it into the holies of holies but once the veil was torn, the new covenant began. He said, now you don't have to go to a high priest anymore. I have become your high priest. So therefore, when you have a situation or a sin in your life, you don't have to go to anybody else, but you can come straight to the master. How many are thankful that we serve a high priest? I feel like preaching in here. I'm thankful that we serve a God that has become our high priest. And now I can take my sin straight to him. And so we must understand as well that once he died on that cross, it also produced a new covenant of salvation. It opened up a new door of salvation as well. Why? Because we believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the gospel of Jesus Christ was not available for you and I to even believe in until he died, was buried, and he rose again. It established a new covenant with us through his salvation. And that is important for us to understand because remission of sins through the baptism of the name of Jesus Christ was not available until he died for our sins. And then once he died for our sins he had to get up out the grave 
you're not hearing me. He had to get up out the grave because if he would have stayed in the grave, then his death would have been for nothing. But since he rose up out of that grave, he said, all power in heaven and earth has been given unto me. And now when we preach the name of Jesus, all power in heaven and earth comes through the name of Jesus. That's why we can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's why we can lay hands on the bound and they shall be set free. I'm telling you, that's why we believe and call on the name of Jesus. Because it was a new covenant now. It was a new covenant. I thank the Lord. God gave me this message about four weeks ago, brother, and I thank the Lord for this. Uh, and so it was a new covenant, a new plan of salvation. Matter of fact, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit that many of you have received wasn't even available until Jesus rose again. Uh-huh. That's what the Bible says. The, the Bible lets us know that Jesus said in the book of John, chapter number 7, we can put it up here on the screen. The scripture says, he that believed on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living. Now, I want you to stay there on that scripture. He says, he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said. Notice it does not say, as your daddy has said. It doesn't say, as your mama has said. It doesn't say, as your pastor has said. It doesn't say, how you were raised. It doesn't matter how you were raised. What does the Bible say and that's why we don't preach opinions in this church I can't stand opinions because opinions won't take me to heaven but opinions will take me to hell but I know one thing that will take me to heaven and that is believing on the Lord as the scripture has said the Bible says out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water what does that even mean well keep on reading verse number 39 says but this spake he of the spirit I don't know about you tonight you may not get excited but someone here today is going to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost somebody here today is going to be filled with the baptism of God's spirit somebody here today that's never experienced speaking in another tongue before I'm telling you if you believe as the scripture has said out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water hallelujah but let me answer the question why was the Holy Ghost not available yet well the Bible says it says but this spake he of the spirit which they that believe on him should receive how do I receive the Holy Ghost believe how do you speak in tongues believe for the Holy Ghost was not yet given. Eddie Robinson version. It wasn't here yet. It just wasn't available yet. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet what? Glorified. What does it mean by being glorified? It means that he hasn't been ascended back up into heaven. That's why his disciples were saying, where are you going, Jesus? You can't leave us. You can't leave us. What are we going to do now? We've been following you the last three and a half years. Jesus said, don't worry. I've got to go somewhere because if I don't go there, I can't send the Holy Spirit down. If I stay here, there's no need for the Holy Spirit. But I got to go somewhere because I want to endow you with power. So everywhere you go, you become my little disciples. You become my little ambassadors. And you need the gift of the Holy Ghost deep down. I know on the inside of you I wish I had about five or seven witnesses that's ever been endowed with power 
so, so. The Old Testament points to Jesus. New Testament reveals Jesus. And then Jesus says, hey, there's an old covenant, but now there's a new covenant. And that new covenant can't be available unless I die, I bury, and then I rise again so that I can send you the spirit. Why, 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 why is that so important? Because Jesus had to die in order for him to have the force behind his name. There would be no force behind the name of Jesus if he wouldn't have died. All right, I got 40% of you to believe that. All right, here's Bible, Hebrews 9, uh, verse number 16. He says, for where a testament is, for where a testament is, for where a covenant is, there must also of necessity, it has to happen, the death of the testator. Okay. All right. Let's, let me slow down. Amen. In order for the testament, the covenant, to have any value, old and new, the one that they were talking about had to die. If Jesus would have never came and died, the Old Testament would have been irrelevant as well. Okay, all right, okay, okay. Everything in the Old Testament was building up towards the coming of a Savior, and that Savior was only coming so that he can redeem mankind back to God. That was the purpose of Jesus' coming, to redeem or reconcile us back to him. And the only way to be reconciled was through a death, through a blood sacrifice. So if Jesus never would have died, that means if he just would have showed up, there never would have been a testimony. Somebody needs to hear that right now. Because just you showing up here, that doesn't mean you have a testimony. It's when somebody makes a decision, I'm going to die out. I'm going to die out to the world. I'm going to die out to my old ways. I'm going to give up my old life. But I'm going to give my life to Jesus Christ. That's when you got a testimony. That's when you have a testimony because now when you go back to school, now when you go back to work, now when you go around your old friends, they say, well, what happened to you? This is what I hear. What's wrong with you? They just don't understand, Brother Aiden. I've died out. I've got a covenant with the Lord. And now since I have a covenant with the Lord, I've got a testimony with the Lord. I'm trying to tell someone right now, that's why I've held off on my title until right now. See, we must understand something here, that I didn't come with the word just to get you through, through this day. I didn't come with the word just to make you feel good so you can go home and say, Pastor, that was a good message. No, I've come with a Kairos word. Someone say Kairos. Uh, kairos is an ancient Greek term that means right time or opportune moment. So I've come today with a Kairos word. I've come with the word at the right time, at the right moment. Because someone here today needs to leave here, change in their life. And I don't know whose time it is, but somebody needs to respond to the time of God. You're not here by accident, my friend, but you came here today to be completely delivered. You came 
came here today to be completely set free. You came here today to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Somebody here today, if I've got a testimony in here, stand to your feet, clap your hands unto the Lord, magnify the name of Jesus. Be seated. I, I, I'm, I'm done. Those, those notes are, are just, no, I'm just moving on. L listen to me. Old Testament points to Jesus. New Testament reveals Jesus. All right? There was an old covenant. Now there's a new covenant. That new covenant started once he died. It was the new covenant of everything that took place. All right? New covenant. New way. Old way doesn't matter anymore. Now it's about a new covenant. New relationship with him. Okay? I was sharing with some individuals earlier today, and I was sharing with some individuals, I don't know, maybe about three or four weeks ago. It was during my noonday Bible class. <laughs> because a very common question always comes up, well, what about the man on the cross? He, he was never baptized. He was never filled with God's spirit. What, what about him? I share with some individuals, you're, you're here today, that I was talking about that. I said, well, you must understand that there's two different covenants. <clears throat> this is important for all of you to understand this because the Bible clearly lays this out. And this is very easy to understand, but you got to understand it. Okay? It's easy once you got it. Once you got it, I got it. But see, we must understand that the man on the cross was under an old covenant. He wasn't under a new covenant because the new covenant couldn't start until he died, was buried, and he rose again. We read that in, 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 where was that at, Hebrews, Romans, where, where, where we, just, we just read that, I believe in Hebrews, right? That in order for the testament to have any type of force, there must be the death of the testator. The testator was Jesus Christ. He had to die in order for the testament to have any type of force or power, authority behind it. He, he, he had to die. If it wouldn't have happened, there would have been no power, no force. But then once he died, there was a new covenant. Once he died, once he's buried, he's rose again. Now, ooh, it opens up the door for a new covenant. Does that make sense? And, 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 and so that's important for us to understand because if we're going to look at the right time and the right moment, right opportune time to make a decision, my friend, that decision is today, my friend. Someone say Kairos. It's Kairos time. It's the right time. It's the right opportune moment. This is it right here. I'm telling you, I feel healing. I feel deliverance. I feel it all in this house. And someone here today is going to walk out of here with that healing, with that deliverance, and with salvation. I'm telling you, every single day, I look forward to people making a decision. Preacher, I want to go down in the name of Jesus Christ. That's why when it happened this morning, I'm not shocked by that. That should be an expectation every time we come to the house of God. Because when people hear the word of God, and when they know I've got to make a change in my life, 
there should be an expectation that somebody's going to go down in the name of Jesus Christ. That somebody's going to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And you that have been filled with God's power, you ought to celebrate like crazy. You ought to know because such were some of you. Such were some of you. You used to be crazy. You used to drink alcohol. You used to smoke cigarettes. You used to cuss everybody else. You used to do things you shouldn't be doing. But God has changed you. God has changed you. God has shifted you. And now you got a new walk. Now you got a new dance. Now you got a new talk. And that's worth celebrating. Somebody clap your hands unto the Lord. Magnify the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. So, listen, listen. There's a story. I forgot my tie clip, y'all. Forgive me. It's okay. Thank you, babe. There's a story in the book of 2 Kings. And, uh, Talks about how Elijah's prophesying a drought that's going to be over. It's in chapter number seven. So he's prophesying about a drought that's about to be over. He's telling the king, this drought that you're going through is going to be over. And this is a severe drought. Severe drought on the people of God. Well, the Bible talks about there's four lepers. I'm going somewhere, y'all. There's four lepers, leprous men, the Bible says. There's four of them. And they're sitting there on the outside of the gate because they're not allowed in. They are leprous men, serious disease, and they are isolated from society. So they're sitting on the outside of the gate. And they're looking, saying, well, if we go back into our home city, there's no food. So we'll die there. Well, if we stay here where we are, we're going to die here. Well, what about over there in the Syrian camp? Syrian was an enemy of the Israelites. And so they said, well, I don't know if we should go over there. That's our enemy. But, well, if we go there, we're going to die. If we stay here, we go die. I might as well take my chance with the enemy. Who knows? They may allow us to eat food with them. Those four leprous men, the Bible doesn't say how long they talked about this, but I'm telling you, it wouldn't have took me long at all. I'm sitting here starving. I would rather take my chance being chased by swords and daggers. and Well, I'll be moving quick. I'll take a piece of bread and I'm out. I don't have to be the fastest one. I just don't need to be the slowest one. Praise God. And so, well, why don't we just go over here into the Syrian camp and see if they allow us to live? Because either way we go, if they kill us there, it's no different than us staying right here. We can die right here too. So those leprous men got on up. And they went on skipping. That's not Bible. That's... that's I'm just making that up right now. So they went on into the Syrian camp. The Bible says they came to the uttermost part. So that, that means they weren't just right at the entrance. No, they were deep into the city. 
Hallelujah. And I just wonder and imagine, using my imagination, I wonder when they got to the edge, he was like, I don't hear nothing. You hear nothing? You hear something? You hear something? I don't hear nothing either. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't even hear a dog barking. What's, they must, what, what's going on? So they get a little further. They get a little further. They go all the way to the middle of the city. And they realize there's nobody here. How, how in the world we've been sitting out? What, there's nobody here. But the problem is all the food is here. Their houses are here. Gold and jewelry. It's all. What happened? The Bible says that as those men made up in their mind, you know what? Right now is an opportune time. And God sent an illusion to those people of Syria to the point to where they thought they were being ambushed by many different armies and all it was was four leprous men that made a decision we're not going to stay where we are but we're going to move forward and the Bible calls those people to think they were being ambushed and they dropped everything and ran they showed up and said, man, we got, we got all the food we need. We got all the clothes we need. Everything we needed. And we've been sitting out there this whole time. And see, God had already provided the answer. I'm telling you, somebody here today, God has already provided the answer. You don't need to sit there no longer. You don't need to wait no longer. God is getting ready to tell you and provide for you what you've been waiting on the entire time. Well, here, hold on, hold on. This story is funny to me, though. Okay, it's very funny because it reminds me of my household. Okay? L listen now. H here here's where the Robinson household kicks in. My Lord, I'm tearing up there. This, this thing. No, 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 Sister Robinson, Sister Robinson. Got it. So, look, 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 this is funny. They get in there and they start eating. And they start enjoying themselves. Right? <laughs> kind of full but I ain't eaten about 15 days so can you they're just joking with each other and then they say uh oh I forgot we're not from here we actually have family back at home no I I'm going somewhere with this uh -huh. we, we actually have family back at home that's still in a drought I feel God's spirit right here. I feel his presence right here. We still have family that are in a drought. Here we are enjoying everything that God has for us, but yet we still got people that are in a drought. Can I preach right here for a moment? We come here Sunday after Sunday enjoying the goodness of the Lord, the pleasures of the Lord, when we got people all over this city that are in a drought. People need to feel what we feel. People need to know what we know. People... 
I'm telling somebody this city belongs to us this city belongs to us we need to go tell the good news of Jesus Christ everywhere we go I speak revival now over the north. I speak revival now over the south. I speak revival now to the east and to the west. I speak revival and revelation to hit on the east side, on the west side. Everywhere that we go, I pray revival in Jesus' name. Here they are enjoying everything saying, man, I forgot about our home. We need to go tell them <laughs> that everything they need is over here and every enemy is already scattered hallelujah I'm telling somebody the enemy's already scattered he's just waiting on you to move the enemy is already scattered he's just waiting on somebody to make a decision 